Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Say, Father, give me ears to hear your word. Give me a heart to receive it and be transformed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you know that's, that, that is the point of the Word of God. It is to transform my life. Too many times we talk about the grace of God, meaning that He loves us where we are, and I believe that. But Jesus loves you where you are so that He can bring you into something new. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. How many of you are glad that God has transformed some things in your life? I am thankful I'm not the same person I was 15, 20, even 10, even five years ago. I am thankful that God is continually shaping me, molding me, and making me into the person he's called me to be. And you should know he's still got a long way to go on me, but we are in the process. Turn to the person next to you and say, we are in the process. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, you have come to the wrong church. And also, I would let you know that you will not find a perfect pastor anywhere in any church. You may find someone who knows how to put on good camouflage and wear a good mask, but here I've determined that I'm going to be real. I'm going to be transparent. I don't need you to place me on a pedestal. I am flesh and blood. I put my pants on one leg at a time just like you, but once they're on, I make gold records and preach incredible sermons. (laughs) If you have your Bible, turn it to John, the 14th chapter. Last week, we started a series where we are talking about the Holy Spirit. I believe that this is a very important series for us to be going through because the Holy Spirit has been so misunderstood, so mistreated, and many times, in some cases, has been misrepresented. The very nature of the Holy Spirit is to bring unity to the church and empower us for the mission. The desire and work of the Holy Spirit is to bring unity to the church and empower us for the mission. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do what we have been called to do, nor can we become the people he has called us to become. Apart from the Holy Spirit, all we have is religion, rules, and regulations. If you try to perfect yourself apart from the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, you are going to be like a hamster on a wheel. You will do a lot, exert a lot of energy, but not really get anywhere. But once the Holy Spirit fills you and you understand that he is inside of you, then you get the power to become. Somebody say the power to become. So that is why... The enemy works overtime to confuse the subject of the Holy Spirit because he understands what he does. He understands that he wants to unify us, strengthen us, and empower us. And if he can disconnect us from a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then he can disable our potential. Are you following me? My kids play basketball, and I had the opportunity this year to help my wife coach our fourth grade team. And we're in a tournament right now. Now, at that age group, not every kid on the team is a baller. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's some kids that they've never played 
before. The fact that they get their uniform on straight is a miracle. So these teams are basically comprised of all these kids, and you may have like one, maybe two kids that know what they're doing. And so as a coach, the strategy that we have come up with is build a very strong defense. The whole idea is we don't have to beat the team. All we have to do is target their MVP. Because if we can take out their MVP, then we can beat the entire team. Does that make sense to you? So yesterday, there's this little girl on the team we're playing, and she's a super strong point guard. I mean, she is playing far beyond her age bracket. However, I noticed that she can't go left. Now, if she goes right, anytime she gets near the paint, she is scoring. But if she goes left, she cannot dribble with her left hand and she can't shoot from the left side. So what I did was I came up with a strategy, the girl guarding her, all you gotta do is push her left. If you can make her go left, then we can destroy the team, which we did. We beat them very, very badly because we removed their secret weapon. So now you see why the enemy would try to bring confusion to the Holy Spirit. Because if he can disable our connection with the Holy Spirit, he can disarm our power. So if you have the Bible, go to John the 14th chapter. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit as a promise from God. We learned through Scripture that the Holy Spirit is a good gift. Because how many of you know God does not give bad gifts? Jesus even said... If we, as human beings, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give us the Holy Spirit when we ask? So we understand he's a good gift from God. Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as our helper. How does the Holy Spirit help us in very practical ways? So John, the 14th chapter, verse 12, this is Jesus speaking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever... Somebody say whoever. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whoever, that's a big word right there. Whoever, whoever, whoever. How many of you in here would say you are a part of that category? You are a whoever. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. In other words, as soon as you put your faith in Christ, you receive the potential to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He became a solution to every single problem. That should be the normal life of a Christian right there. You become the solution to every problem. Why? Because the same spirit that filled Christ Jesus now fills you. Jesus is saying, you're going to be able to do the works that I do and even greater works because I am going to the Father. If you read on in John the 16th chapter, you'll find out that Jesus tells us, he says, it's, it's actually beneficial to you that I leave this earth and go back to the Father. Because if I do not go, then the Spirit will not come. But if my body is broken, I'm paraphrasing here, if my body is broken, which it was on the cross, then what is in me can now be released to the world. And so when you look at yourself, do not see yourself as just a human being with a flesh suit. You need to understand that you are a carrier of the divine nature. Christ now lives in you. His spirit now quickens 
your mortal body. That's why the Bible teaches that we become the body of Christ. We are a visible representation of who Jesus is right here, right now on earth because the Holy Spirit is with us. Are you getting that? Stop picturing God in this far off distant place and start seeing that you are, somebody say I am, the temple of the Holy Spirit. God does not dwell in buildings made by man's hands. There was a time where God, when he starts to develop a relationship with human beings, he tells them to build this tabernacle, a place of his presence. But it was never his desire to dwell there. Jesus makes a way for us to become that tabernacle. You need to get that in your mind. It's not just you. It is you and the Spirit of Christ. It is you and the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, it is me and the Holy Spirit. So let's go on. Verse 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But then Jesus says this, you know him. He's speaking to his disciples. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is saying, you know the Holy Spirit because I'm here. And the Holy Spirit is inside of me. You've seen his works. You've seen how he loves. You've seen how he heals. You've seen the, the miracles. You, you are familiar with the Holy Spirit. He is with you. But a time is coming that he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you, which is phenomenal news. See, until Jesus, the Holy Spirit only came upon certain people for certain tasks. Did you know that? So if you read through the Old Testament scriptures, anybody that you see do something remarkable is because the Holy Spirit came upon them at that time for that assignment. For instance, Samson. Many of you are familiar with his story. He, he did great feats of strength. And many times when we picture Samson because of our flannel board characters that we grew up with in church, we see Samson as this Adonis of a man. You know, maybe he looked a lot like me, you know. <laughs> Perfect in all of his ways. We see him as somebody who had a membership to the gym that worked out nonstop, and his strength came from the steroids and the protein powders and all the things that he was doing. That's what our mind automatically goes to. I mean, honestly, if you be honest in here, if you, if, when I say Samson, if you picture him in your mind, how many of you see a big buff guy? Yeah, that's normal because of the strength that he had. However, did you know the Bible never tells us that Samson was physically fit? What it does tell us is that the Holy Spirit would rush upon him. And when the Holy Spirit would rush upon him, then he would get the power he needed to carry out the task. So that's how things were. 
When people in this time dealing with Jesus hear about the Holy Spirit, they're thinking about this entity that comes upon only certain people for certain tasks. Now Jesus is saying, this is for whoever believes. Now the same Spirit that has come upon me, talking about Jesus, the the Spirit of God came on him, rested, and remained. Jesus is saying, now the Holy Spirit is going to come on you, whoever, rest on you, and remain forever. He's not coming and going. He's not coming for just a moment and leaving. He's not coming just to give you the ability to do the task you need to do in the moment and then leaving you alone. He comes and he remains. Somebody say, he comes and he remains. That's why in John, the 16th chapter, Jesus says it is actually beneficial for me to go because once I go, then he can come. And the same spirit that filled Christ Jesus is the same spirit that fills whoever believes. We talked about that last week. The Spirit of God was not just for the apostles. The Spirit of God was not just for the New Testament church. The Spirit of God is for whoever puts their faith in him. Tell the person next to you, he is my helper. Now turn to the person on your other side who's your second choice and say, you look like you could use all the help you could get. (laughs) How many of you know that's true? At our best, we're limited. We could read all of the books in the world, and our intellect would still find its limitations. We could go to the gym morning, noon, and night, and our strength at some point will find its limitations. But the Holy Spirit has no limitations. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent, and he wants to partner with you. That's incredible. He doesn't want to be just this entity that, that is, you know, somewhere at some time. He wants to be the God who is in you, working with you to will and do of his good pleasure. You need to let that sink in. The same spirit that hovered over the waters in the beginning is the same spirit who is living inside of you right now. And he wants to help you. Somebody say, he wants to help me. A couple years ago, I went out on my boat with my family, and Gavin and his family were with me. Gavin's the guy that carries the podium up, for those of you who don't know him. And we hopped on my boat, and we untied from the dock. We shoved off. I went to crank the boat, and nothing happened. That's a weird feeling because now I'm floating away from the only thing that could secure me. And the current is carrying me towards the boat ramp, which is made out of concrete. How many of you know a a fiberglass boat getting slammed against concrete is no bueno? To make matters worse, there's a boat coming down the boat ramp towards us. My boat is floating sideways towards them. We're trying to say, hey, we have no power. Stop, stop, stop. You know, they're still coming. I've got an oar trying to oar myself, which is of no use. Finally, Gavin jumps into action. He jumps off the boat, and he starts pushing us towards the dock. Once we're back at the dock, he ties ties us up. And my wife says, we need to call tow boat. I said, why? 
You know, so they can come get us. I said, where are they going to tow us to? (laughs) We're already at the dock. And so I knew my battery wasn't dead because my trim would still go up and down, but I couldn't figure out why it wouldn't crank. I have a limited amount of knowledge when it comes to, you know, mechanical things. Gavin walks over to the steering column, and he looks, and he does this. The kill switch had been flipped. Gavin was able to help me do what I could not do for myself. He brought an awareness to the situation that I did not have. It's nice to have help. It's even better to have good help. Not only did he rescue my vessel, but he also got us back on the the water. What I want you to see is that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He helps us in our time of need. He goes beyond our limitations. See, my mind is limited. But the good news is the Holy Spirit doesn't think the way I think. And he moves beyond my natural ability. And when Jesus introduces us to the Holy Spirit, he calls him the helper, a comforter, a friend. Get that. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He's a friend. The Holy Spirit is not a wind, a feeling, or a goosebump. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Sometimes we go, oh, I feel it. I don't know what, I don't know what, I feel it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. He is God with us, and he wants to have relationship and fellowship with us. He wants to help us in our life to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish. So how does he help us? How does he help us? Here's some of the ways that he helps us. One, he helps you get where you need to be. Turn the person next to you and say, he helps you get where you need to be. There are some places that God wants to take you that you do not have the ability to get to on your own. One, because you do not know what it is. Two, you do not know how to get there. Three, you do not have the ability to get there. We see this with Abraham. In the Old Testament, God comes to him and he says, Abraham, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. In other words, I'm taking you somewhere that you're not aware of. And as you move, I'm going to direct your path. That's how the Holy Spirit works with us. He knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning, and everything in between. So whereas I do not know my future, he already does. When I am born into this world, I do not come into this world with an awareness of my purpose nor my destiny. But he knows. And so as soon as I start getting in sync with him, he starts showing me things about who I am, where he wants to take me, and then he gets me the ability to get there. My life is a living example of how the Holy Spirit helps us get to where we need to be. For those of you who aren't familiar with my story, I am an Armenian, which means my family came from Armenia and settled into the United States. The way that happened was there was an 11-year-old boy who was illiterate, but he loved God. He had a relationship with Jesus. He would spend days on end fasting and praying. And one day, God spoke to this little 11-year-old illiterate boy and told him, that a genocide was coming. 
He said, before the genocide comes, what you need to do is you need to get your people to the United States. And he gave this boy, this little illiterate boy, he gave him specific instructions. The little boy wrote out all the instructions. He drew a map of the United States. God showed him, you're going to land in New York, but don't stay in New York. You need to go all the way to California. Those who listened to the little boy's instructions through the power of the Holy Spirit were saved. Years later, when the genocide came through, it wiped out many of the Armenian people. The point is, I am here today because the Holy Spirit helped my family get somewhere that they didn't know they needed to be. How many of you would say that is super helpful in your life? That the Holy Spirit can show you things about you that you are not aware of. He can direct your path. He can order your steps. The Bible says that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, which means God himself is directing my path to get me where I need to be. And if I can just get in that flow and rest and relax and understand that he's God, he's really good at his job, he'll get me where I need to be. I've learned that in my life, just to relax. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about this or that. Just trust God and he will get you there. When we first started Activation Church, I had no clue what it was going to look like. I had no clue what it was going to become. I had no clue where we were going to be. All I knew was God was calling us to it. And since that time we started, around nine and a half years ago, it's been a process of just relaxing, trusting God, and allowing him to move us. Think about your story. How many of you are here today in the United States of America, Georgia, Dallas specifically, because the Holy Spirit was directing your path. Think about it, Mary. We were talking about it this morning. You grew up in a completely different country. As a little girl, you probably had no idea where you would end up. And if you had to look at a map, you probably would not have chosen Dallas, Georgia. But God knew. It wasn't an accident to God that you're here. It's not an accident to God that you are here right now sitting next to Tom. And that's true for every single person in this room. Your life is not an accident. Your life is a series of events that is being directed by the Holy Spirit. Where we mess up is when we try to take charge. When we try to do things our own way, when we try to rush things along. We've got to understand the process and relax in it, knowing that God will get me there. People often ask, well, you know, what if, what if? Stop what ifing. Stop what ifing and trust God. Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Don, you know the scripture. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Doesn't it start off with the word trust? Where? In yourself? No. In the Lord. With all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You want to know where we messed up? It's when we start trying to rely on our understanding. Because again, our understanding is limited. His is not. And so if I'll just follow what he says, even if it doesn't make sense, I'll get where I need to be. Somebody say he directs my paths. I love this one. He will help you to know the truth. John, the 16th chapter, he says he leads us, talking about the Spirit. Jesus says the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you into all truth. 
The reason that is so powerful is because one of the main weapons of the enemy is deception. We've talked about it here at this church a lot, but we need to understand if he can deceive you, he can trap you. And many of us in our life, we get stuck in a certain situation, not because we can't get out, but because we do not know the truth. We do not know who God has called us to be. We do not know what he has called us to do. So we settle for less. We settle for what is false. I mean, when you think about it in John, uh, John the 15th chapter, Jesus says that I am the true vine, which means he's the only true source. But since we don't know that, we rely on other things to give us the nutrients we're looking for. You know, as human beings, we, we want love. And think about all the crazy things that you have done in your life trying to find love. We, we want to feel accepted. Think about all of the things that you have done in your life trying to get acceptance. Hello? That's real talk right there. Many of the traps that we have gotten ourselves into in life is because we're trying to fulfill basic needs from the wrong place. We want love, and so we give ourselves to the wrong thing or the wrong person. We want acceptance, and so we allow others to determine our course. But if we know the truth that I am loved and I am accepted and I belong already, then I don't need all of these false things that are taking me in the wrong direction. And somebody needs to hear that today, that you are already loved by God. You are accepted by God. You belong to God. And as soon as you realize that and you turn your life over to him, he can step in and start moving you and shifting you where you need to be. Somebody say, he tells me the truth. He leads me into truth. The next thing is, he will show you things to come. That's another part of that John 16. He doesn't just lead you into all truth. He will also show you things to come. How many of you would say that's beneficial? Again, I don't know what my future holds, but he does. And he can warn me when I need to be warned. He can speak to me when I need to be spoken to. He can tell me to move when I need to move. He can tell me to stay when I need to stay. See, sometimes we allow the world system to determine what we do when we do it. So, for instance, the economy is bad. And so we will not invest because that's not a good time to invest. Yet sometimes the Spirit of God will say, invest. Sometimes things are booming. And we think, oh, this would be a great time for me to invest or do this, do that. And the Holy Spirit will say, wait. Why? Because he knows something that you do not know. And he will inform you. If you have a connection with him, he will warn you. He will show you things. He will speak to you. My, my grandfather used to say this, God wants to speak to you more than you want to be spoken to. Did you know that? Sometimes we think God's not speaking. It's not that God's not speaking. It's many times we're not listening, listening or we're too distracted to hear or we don't understand how he speaks. We're waiting for like this big booming voice out of the sky. We're waiting for our shrubbery to catch fire and tell us to take our shoes off because we're on holy ground. And that's not how God speaks to us all the time. Can he? Sure he can. But many times it's that still, small voice. Think about Elijah. He, he calls fire down from heaven. Then he runs. He's fearful. He's ready to commit suicide, really. He's given up on, on life. And 
all of these things start happening. The strong wind comes, and then the fire comes. But the Bible says God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the fire. He was in that still, small voice. It's, it's an inner knowing. It's an inner awareness. Many times the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, and you just weren't aware of the fact that he was speaking to you because you haven't learned how to listen. But the more time you spend with him, the more tuned in you're going to become to his voice and know this is how he speaks. This is how it sounds. This is how it feels. It's like developing a relationship with someone. You know, some of you could call me on the phone and you would have to say, hey, this is Richard because I haven't spent enough time with you to know your voice. If my wife calls, she doesn't go, Hey, Orm, I just want to let you know this is Ashley calling. She doesn't do that. You know why? I know her voice. She knows my voice. So, he'll show you things to come. That's awesome. I don't know how many times God has shown me something that I wasn't aware of to help me in a time of need that I wasn't even aware that was going to come. See, sometimes your need is future tense. Does that make sense? Like right now, you may not need it. And you may not know that you're going to need it. But God knows this thing is coming. And here's what you need to know for when the time comes. We are actually, this building is a perfect example of that. God showed me this building in a dream three years before we started building this building. I had no intention on building this building. We were going to do something completely different. But God started working it out. And when a time came and pressure started getting built up, and stress, and I didn't know what to do, I knelt down, put my face into one of these chairs when it was upstairs, started praying, and God reminded me of the dream. And I remembered standing inside this building. And a peace came in my life to know, okay, this is the right direction for us to go. So he shows me things to come. Another thing that he does is he helps us in our weakness. There are times that you will not know what to do or what to say. You will not have what it takes, but he helps you in your weakness, which means you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have the strength. He does. You don't have to have the knowledge. He does. You don't have to have the wisdom. He does. This whole Christian thing is not about getting your PhD in a certain subject. Did you know many of the disciples, some of them were uneducated men in terms of their, you know, schooling. Yet God used them in a powerful way because they were not leaning on their own understanding. They were leaning on God. My brother, his father-in-law was a commercial fisherman. And there came a time where the fish stopped biting. And that's a terrible situation to be in if you're a commercial fisherman. Because that means you can't pay the bills. So everybody's in a panic because fish aren't biting there in South Florida. But Mike had a relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit told him, you need to go a little bit further south and down into the Caribbean Sea. So Mike listened to that voice. He went down into the Caribbean Sea. He started catching fish that other people weren't catching. So now when it came to selling fish to the different fish markets, he was the only person that they could buy fish from. So he started taking his fish, and then, he's, then he built up his pickup truck to become an icebox so that he could go and distribute fish to the different uh, fish places that would take it to the restaurants. 
he ended up growing that into a multi-million dollar fish company that supplies fish all over the place. Whole Foods gets their fish from him. The Buckhead Group Restaurants gets their fish from him. It started with a man on a boat who knew the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helped him in his weakness. When he did not have the ability nor the knowledge to catch fish, the Holy Spirit told him what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and blessed his life. The, the whole point of today's talk is to let you know that you have a helper that wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to partner with you. He wants to help you in your decision-making process. Too many times we just, you know, we just fly off the cuff in our decision-making process. We just date whoever. We just marry whoever. We just move in with whoever. We just get this job. We just move to this place, never taking the time to say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? Is this the person? Is this the place? Is this the thing? And if not, give me the strength and the ability to walk away and get to where I need to be. You know how many, how many times I could have saved myself from a lot of pain if I would have just listened to the voice that was speaking to me when I was young that I wasn't even aware of? I would have this thought or feeling and I would ignore it and do my own thing and come to find out it was the Spirit of God trying to lead me in a direction to save me a lot of pain and heartache. The good news is he can even work those moments to my good, but how many of you would rather avoid them than have to go through them? That's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps us in this life to become who Christ has called us to become, to become more like Jesus himself to do the works of Jesus. It's not this weird thing that we've turned it into. He is God with us. God with us. Jesus became Emmanuel, God with us. God took on flesh and walked among this earth. But then his body was broken so that what was in him, the Holy Spirit in him, now fills us, now quickens our mortal bodies. Listen, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength because he's giving you the strength. He'll give you the knowledge. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the ability. Stop limiting yourself in this life based upon the natural course that you've walked down. And start understanding the God of all creation lives inside of you. And this promise is for whoever. It's not just for the spiritual elite. It's not just for the pastors. It's for whoever. And we all need that kind of help. Would you stand with me?